Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 108 for Tuesday, May 18th. And we got a good one for you today. We are going to be finding a new home for the Oakland A's and we're going to be getting into character to do so. We'll also be talking about some incredible pitching records that were broken this past week. And we have a pretty shocking development on the Albert Pools news that we talked about at length last week. So we got all that to come. I'm Alex Zui, and I'm here today with the whole crew. Farbode Markazi, Alex Rudy, Ray Estrada. I almost mixed up your guys' last names somehow. I don't know how, but we, we got through it. How are you guys doing? It's because you're all in front of me, and it's like really, it's really intimidating. You're all, I'm not used to just staring you all in the face. You. you should. I'm glad to know that we all intimidate you, Ui. Farbode Estrada is very intimidating. <laughs> there was, it was, can you hear it? It was that close. It was that close. <laughs> Some nightmare fuel. I... Hey, last week I was really confused what was going on when um, we had the cameras up, but you didn't upload the video version of our of our podcast. And I was talking, trying to make a point about Albert Pujols, and then Uwe just gave me the weirdest <laughs> look I've ever seen, and it completely distracted me. So we're all getting used to having some podcasts um, with a face cam on right now. Yeah, yeah, that one that one is a weird one if you were listening and did not see the uh the occurrence. Uh, I don't you know, you have you had to be there. I mean, they couldn't see cuz we didn't no, post it. You couldn't. This one's going live no matter what, okay? We're we're going for it. I am recording, right? Yeah. Yeah. Challenge. Rudy, don't get any ideas. Also, Rudy, Rudy, I have rally it will do it live. Rudy, by the way, nice haircut, dude. Nice haircut. I know. I of course we all noticed, right away. Totally. Mm-hmm. Really, no I, discussions. I'm just kind of. I'm just kind of curious that. though, since since we're getting a good look at it here, I think other people might be curious too. Is, what do you do, with all of that when you have to look presentable? You got a job interview or something? Like what? What's, ha- what's happening? What's presentable the, now? What's the game plan? Yeah, am I not presentable for this podcast? Oh, no, 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 for th- for this, you're you're fine. No, totally. I, I mean, just. Uh, I mean, I'll just. Yeah. I mean, I just work my match. I mean, the question is, do you flex with a Michigan hoodie when you do uh, interviews? Uh, it depends on the context, but I do have a cut-off sleeve Michigan hoodie, especially for the best interviews. Absolutely. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, I think we should probably talk about baseball by now. It, we we want to want to ease people into it, and uh, show this is off some... information. Really? We we gotta we gotta bring up the just the glaring things people looking at us for the first time. Oh no, he's frozen. Stay with us. Oh no, now you get a real good look at him though. Um. Oh, in the position too. <laughs> oh my god! How about baseball? Yeah, we don't need Rudy for that, right? He's he's good. All right. He's good. He's good. How about we start with the follow-up to what we were talking about last week, and that would be the end of the Angels-Albert Pools era. And less than a week later, we see the beginning of a new era, probably a very short era, but the Dodgers-Albert Pools era. And it's a thing. I said last week that I don't know if he will play 
a Major League Baseball game again. And here we are, a week from last I, time I we did, recorded. I, had, I did not think that would happen. And, I mean, I said it last week, too. I did not think he would find himself on a Major League roster in season again. And not just a Major League roster. We're talking about the consensus best team in baseball, probably. You know, injuries aside, which, you know, we, we'll get into all of that as well. But this is the freaking Dodgers, man. He he traded up here. He's not going to some to some other team that can, you know, spare the playing time just to, uh, I don't know, bring some positive attention. Like, he's going to, like, the team, the team in the league. And we'll, we'll see if he actually does enough to make a playoff roster. That would be kind of cool because you know they're going there. The Angels, you didn't know. But the Dodgers, I think, I think everybody knows. I think we knew the Angels were going there. It's it's early, man. It's early, and they don't have Albert Pools to deal with don't anymore. Break my heart. So, I, their chances can only go but up. But with low expectations, you can't break your heart. Yeah, it's been broken long, long ago. <laughs> I mean, they only have like three, you know, MVP level players. I mean, come on, they need a lot more help. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, for real. Well, the thing is though that they really did need help. Ray and their injured list is a pretty prodigious one right now. If you look at some of the hitters that are on there, and some of them are pretty fresh, some of them are a little bit older, but including, or I'd say, one of the MVPs is gone in Bellinger. Also, the World Series MVP in Seeger is gone. You have McKinstry, who was a revelation this year, gone. Pollock, who's been, who came up, you know. Uh, blew up last year with power numbers and, and sustained it this year. Gone. Taylor's day to day at this point. I mean, it's it's just an, it's insane to to see the injuries that they've had this year and to have the losing streak that they did. The fact that they started thirteen and two with they're only a game and a half or something out of first place is is really you know remarkable. So yeah, it's nice to see the Dodgers. I like the addition of our of our pools because at the end of the day, if he's bad, they just cut him. So, you know, it's I mean, technically by that logic, they should just add one of us, too. Yeah, bad, yeah. yeah. I'm down. I'm, I'm down. Dodgers, sign me. I can I can donate my retreated cup for like three pitches. <laughs> I, I was hoping I you'd play in the Olympics. So I was actually pretty upset. Yeah. No, I, well, yeah, the Olympic qualifiers, that'd be fun. I, I, it's weird. You can't be on a 40 man to, to go. I think that's a separate rant. But it's. No, it's fun. I, everybody looks better in Dodger Blue, in my opinion. Um, I think it's fun. He already has a hit in the RBI with the Dodgers. Started tonight. Um, Dodgers are undefeated in the Albert Pools era. 55 looks good in, in a Dodger uniform. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, it works out. And, and you know, just comment on how the Angels maybe look a little bit worse after tonight. Um, he he said that he his thing with the Angels was never about playing time. So, Yes, yeah, somebody, that was weird. Somebody was Dang. lying because that was kind of the He said those words never left my mouth. So, um, that's just so he's want to do whatever. Yeah, he's want to do whatever. I think I'm I'm excited. So, what do we think really happened then? What's the most? Are we likely? theorizing now? Yeah, <laughs> they cut him. Oh yeah, no, we got a conspiracy. Put the tinfoil hats on. But Farbode, you forget um, we talked about it last week. Is like, why wait till now to just straight up cut him? Because he's been worth negative value for years now. 
And if the Angels were serious about their window of contention and not so concerned with giving him the, the proper send-off, then why not? Like, it still doesn't quite line up. It, it, more questions, if anything, now from I, the whole I don't know. I've just been trying to put together some random reasons why. And, I mean, some of these might have any some validity. Some of them might be completely out of left field. New GM, superstar player in Trout, and Pools was his mentor. I don't know if, like, his first, like, blockbuster, not blockbuster, but, like, headline-grabbing move would be to cut um, Trout, um, Trouty's mentor. I don't know if that would be good for, like, the relationship between the GM and Trout. Um, I, like, that That was the first thing that I that popped in my head after we podcasted last week. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what happened. I'm just glad to see him playing baseball, and I am low-key predicting that he's just going to go off for the Dodgers because maybe it was the Angels' curse or whatever, or I don't know. Or maybe he can only win in the National League. Who knows? Um, but but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out sooner than later. Um, I think going off of pools a little bit, Ray asked me a really important question before we started podcasting was, what hurt the Angel fan base more? Um, the Dodgers signing Pujols or the Dodgers stealing our beat writer, um, Fabian Ardaya. <laughs> and I, I, I am honestly split on that, but I would say Fabian Ardaya was w- one of my favorite follows on Twitter. And now he's a Dodgers beat writer instead of the Angels. So that hurts me a lot, a, a lot right now. And so just to see him talking about the Dodgers, I don't know. He's a good follow, follow him. Yeah. That's the real, the real headline today. Buried the lead for sure. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't I, know I need to touch back on the rule stuff with with like how you know talk talk about the new gm with trout trout seemed to be blindsided by this pools release which makes it all the more strange the fact that you know pools definitely didn't want to be on a losing team with that amount of playing time but for it to be that sudden like 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 you said it would to just straight up cut him at this point in the last year of his contract like if it happened la- last year, I know we didn't have a full season last year, but la- last year or two years ago, it's like okay, yeah, because he's been yeah not good, but to do it in what was a pseudo retirement tour in a way is just it was really bizarre. And then you know yeah, if he shows up for the Dodgers even a little bit in the limited role that he's willing to take, that looks all the much worse on the Angels. Mm-hmm. And you kind of said it earlier, but the Dodgers can't be the bad guys for being the second team to cut him in a season. They're not gonna. Nobody's gonna care about that. It's it's all. I angels. guess I'm the one person here who thinks Pujols is lying, and everyone's just trying to give him, <laughs> you know, not make him look bad in the media like Madden and Trout because they respect him. I mean, I think, as we pointed out, why there's they wouldn't cut him now, just because they're finally realized he was bad this is the angels we're talking about remember yeah. that rudy but nothing lines up because why like why would he have said that but then immediately right away in his actions and in everything else say well he uh, he was very openly willing to go to another team to take a bench hitter you know more clubhouse leader type of role which is what he was doing with the angels anyway so nothing adds up something is I, I don't off. know if it was a playing time issue I'm, I'm i it could have been a different issue it could have been 
the team success. It could have been. been. No, I think I think it was a team success issue, but the Angels made it sound like it was a playing time issue. Right. Mm. I think that's I think that's good. It's a lot of optics. A lot of optics. Yeah. Well, baseball. I'm gonna be honest. I I didn't see it coming, and I still don't really know all the reasons why. But uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to you, to you listeners out there. Anybody know what's going on? Did you did you see this coming? Did you think he was going to the Cardinals? Or, or nowhere to like I don't know let us know at beat the shift BP Twitter Facebook Instagram any of those places uh there's the social media plug pretty close to the start of the podcast right I kind of forgot to do that in the intro how about we do it yes, now I noticed you did notice good. okay nobody else did so we're good um real real, <laughs> real, real <laughs> smooth like let's get into our main our main segment today I, I talked about it earlier we're gonna be finding a new home for the A's and we are going to do it with a little bit of role play. I don't know how in-depth role play we're getting here. Yeah. <laughs> I see the eyebrows moving on Rudy and I'm, I'm regretting my <laughs> word choice already, but here's how it's going to go. Me, myself, I will be playing the part of Mr. John Fisher, the A's owner for anybody who didn't know that because I definitely did before this podcast. And the rest of these guys will be making their pitch representing a few different cities to court the A's owner into bringing the team there. So if you guys want to just go around and, and introduce what city you're going to be making your pitches for to, to see if you can wrangle in a new major league team, uh, we'll start with Ray and then... I'll go Rudy and then Farbode just for the sake am of clockwiseness. Am, am I, making... I don't know. Whatever you, whatever you came to play with here, if you if you went all in with a fake persona and and have a backstory and I don't know children and a and two pet dogs that you want to talk about, like whatever you got to bring it. I don't I don't have that, but I do have a pitch <laughs> for the city of Las Vegas. Yeah, okay, we'll we'll do that. A's. Give the elevator yeah. pitch too. We'll go we'll go city okay. by city, each each introduce the uh the overview. So representing the city of, of Las Vegas. Oak Mr. John Fisher, Oakland A's. The city of Vegas is one of the hottest sports towns, new sports towns in the US. The Vegas Golden Knights expansion NHL team made the Stanley Cup their first year. Awesome fan base, amazing support. And your former your former um I guess roommates, I don't know how to call that, stadium mates, the Oakland Raiders, uh they couldn't get along with the city of Oakland like you guys can't seem to do that right now. So they came here. They have a fantastic new stadium. Um and it's amazing right across from the strip. And you know, a great support fan base here. You have you know, you're close enough to your old support. And Vegas has space. There's a plenty of room for a stadium to build, great amenities. Obviously, you're going to get a lot of eyes on you in the city of Las Vegas. It is, you know, up and coming. We, It's it's just amazing. Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world right now, it seems. You have to, to bring the third of four major sports in to... To, to Las Vegas it would be amazing and the Oakland A's I think make a ton of sense for that move uh, especially with you know bring especially with the Raiders having such a, success, a successful move you've piqued my interest alright Rudy I go 
well, I I, I want to go just for the sake of uh, of clockwiseness here in the in the oh, rotation. Clockwise in your in your little screen, in my okay. little I, I don't have in my that little online. universe. This is. <laughs> I don't have that on mine. I confused my brain so much when you said trust that. Trust me. I don't. Because <laughs> my screen is not indicative of that pattern in any way. What what I see is going out to the to the people. So trust me on that one, okay? Just just nod yes and, and go with it. Let us know where are we where are we taking the A's. Why should we Why should we move? Really? Yeah, you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep the A's in Oakland and add two expansion teams in Nashville and the Raleigh metropolitan area area. Wait, that's not so, allowed. What? That's not allowed. What are you doing? Allowed. There was no rules. No rules were set or parameters. Well, why, why, so, why are you telling me about this then? That's go, go, go talk to Manfred. <laughs> expansions just as likely in my opinion. So, that's so am I, am I John proposal. Fisher and Rob Manfred now? simultaneously John Fitcher, by the way is the heir to the gap fortune so i'm surprised none of you know that since it's such a stylish brand that we i mean all rep every day of our lives yeah. i mean i knew yeah, that because he is me yeah. let me get into my pitch at least to convince you all right so raleigh is the second fastest growing metropolitan area in the united states over the past decade and nashville is right in that top 10 as well they are extremely t attractive um, Nielsen DMA ranking areas, much higher than Las Vegas and higher than other MLB cities, including Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Kansas City. Um, and actually, Raleigh's even also above Pittsburgh, San Diego, and Baltimore. We got a lot of people. We got a lot of money opportunities with those people. They both already have grassroots expansion organizations set up in place. I don't know if you guys might remember Dave Dombrowski was part of the Nashville group. They both have downtown stadium plans in place. And I think these are markets that are both bigger than Las Vegas, closer to Portland or next option, perhaps in size, pretty similar, faster growing, great business moving there. And most importantly, great stadium options that don't involve either having to wear uh, plaid or whatever they were in Oregon and <laughs> not having to sit in the sun in Las Vegas during the summer. And so both these cities just got, um, you know, yeah, based got on the sun sucks. Let me finish. Let me finish. And then, and then all, all shots can be fired. Um, Nashville just got an MLS team. Charlotte and North Carolina just got an MLS team. I think Raleigh is primed with no major sports teams and being one of the largest metropolitan areas in the country. And finally, I have my realignment plan in place to sail, seal in my pitch. So I've already done all the research. Hear me out. The ALS will now be Wait, the Mariners. Th this the is Athletics, a heck of an elevator Angels, pitch, dude. <laughs> and the Rockies. The NLS will now be the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, and Diamondbacks. The AL East will be the same except for the Rays. The NL East will be... Uh, the Mets, Phillies, Nationals, and Pirates. The AL South, new, will be the Royals, Rangers, Astros, and this Nashville team. The NL South will be the Marlins, Braves, Raleigh, and, oh, I got one wrong. I had the Strohs in two places, so we'll see what that means. <laughs>
Rudy, I hope you know uh, that yeah, no, Lord, none of us are going to remember this, right? You're uh, just... Let me just finish. Let me just finish. <laughs> Everyone gets their time. AL North will be the White Sox, the Indians, which I hope will be named a new name by the time this happens. Um, perhaps the Spiders or one of those other names we came up with. Rock in the past episode. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Tigers and Twins. And the uh, NL North will be the Reds, Cubs, Cards, and uh, who am I forgetting? The Brewers, yes. So yeah, the I don't know what NL South team I forgot in there, but I'm sure I'll think of it at some point. There you go. Drum roll. My head hurts. <laughs> Did you just say drum roll at the end of that long? <laughs> oh yeah, the Rays. The Rays are going to be in the uh, pretty in the AL South. Okay. And the NL South will have the Astros. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Farbode, um, let's see if you can adhere more closely to the to the exercise at hand, maybe. <laughs> you want to go ahead and give your, right. your pitch for... Drum roll. I used it in the right context here. So, um, I am Farbode Markazi. I am... I don't work for them, but I am representing the Portland Diamond Project. So, um, Rudy, you said Nashville has their own thing. We have our own thing, too. Um, so... For those of you that don't know, baseball has been a thing in Portland and deeply rooted in the city for the last 150 years from the Portland Baseball Club in 1866, the Rosebuds, then the Portland Mavericks, the Portland Beavers that left and came back about four different times and left again in 2010. Um, it's, it's deeply rooted, but they just don't have a professional baseball team. In 2017, the Portland Diamond Project uh, came about and is working to bring back professional baseball to Portland. Uh, and uh, what's it called? Infrastructure-wise, uh, Rudy, like I said, you guys, uh, Nashville, uh, the Nashville group's doing a great job setting up stuff like this. But we also we have renderings for of a 32,000-seat waterfront park ready on the grounds of old um, Vaughn Street Park um, that will provide 8,000 units of housing and jobs for the Portland community. A, be- a walkable, beautiful park, perfect for tourism of our city um, and all that good stuff. Uh, I'd be happy to share those renderings with you, Mr. Fisher, as soon as you ask. Portland is also the largest mer- metropolitan area, number two, 22 in the US, and with more people than Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City without a Major League Baseball team. Geographically, it's a logical fit. Other than the Mariners, the A's are the closest team to Portland and would simply move up the co- up the coast um to adopt a new home and uh fan wise our city has unconditional love for the portland trailblazers they've created a cult-like following for the portland timbers the mls club um, called the tim the timbers army if you're worried about losing the diehard weird oakland fans remember that one of the biggest mottos one of the biggest slogans portland has is keep portland weird we're unique, diverse, loyal, passionate and all of our, for all of our pro teams and will support the Portland Athletics year in, year out. Couple fun facts to finish off. We are the number one beer, number, number one best beer city in the country um, with 70 breweries that call the city home. Um, so biggest volume of beer out there. We're the number three best coffee city in the country. Portland, um, Sin City, uh, Vegas, step aside. Portland has more strip clubs per capita in the US than any other city. Portland is a top 15 city for millennials and Gen Z. 
if you want to stay green as your colors are in Oakland, we're also top 10 in greenest cities in the U.S. Um, Portland's recent tech boom has given it the it, given the city the nickname the Silicon Forest. Um, Powell's Bookstore, if you've ever heard of it, is the largest independently owned bookstore in the world, and it, that's right in Portland. And uh, someone else also fills up your gas, so they can fill up your um, your players' gas if they're driving around Portland or anywhere in or almost everywhere in Oregon for you, so they don't even have to get out of their car. And um, so we have public spaces, housing, entertainment, tourism, beer, coffee, strip clubs, books, and a diehard fan base. So Portland is here for the A's and ready to begin negotiations. Yeah, it's nice to know, but how are the public schools? I just wanted to point out that he called the <laughs> fan base in Oakland weird. No, it, it resolved nicely. I was like, do you really just, it's like, okay, he, no, he, he had a, okay, you know what? First of all, can I just, just, that is the guy right there who not only did his homework, but freaking knocked it out of the park and got extra credit, if you ask me. Holy cow. And all I'm saying is two of the arguments that I heard, one from um, about Vegas and everything, we have more strip clubs per capita, and the hey, and how Raleigh is a big metropolitan more, area. Portland is the largest metropolitan area without a Major League Baseball team. But who is keeping Oakland in Oakland while also adding teams? Me. So I'm making everyone happy. I think I Not have... all of us are as much of a visionary as you. We're just trying to add a team to Portland. Also, I, Fair enough. Rudy, I, I, hate to, I hate to point out that you neglected the two hockey oh, no. teams in Raleigh and Nashville. Oh, yeah. yeah, but they play a different part of the season. I, I didn't say they were only professionals. Oh, you're right. I said Raleigh had nobody. You, no, you, no, you brought up MLS teams in Charlotte and Nashville. You failed to bring up the fact that they actually have two NHL franchises there. Well, Charlotte's a different city. I meant that just to show that. They but Raleigh has a professional sports franchise. It doesn't play the same time of the year, though, so I don't think it's an issue. Um, I just realized I might have not been specific enough. This is Portland, Oregon, not is Portland, it? Maine. Thank you. Um, <laughs> There's an NHL team in Las Vegas, too, so if we're saying That's, NHL I, team, I, I did not fail to mention them. No, you guys, okay. you guys mentioned a lot. In a lot more than I thought, even in an elevator yes. pitch type of introduction. So I, these, these I will go ahead. In. I mean, really tall buildings. So I will keep it simple and just ask you a couple, you know, a couple questions total because you covered a lot so far. So to each of you, I will ask, how do you envision the baseball experience in your city from where the location of the stadium is what kind of not just ballpark atmosphere but but stadium atmosphere and surrounding area do you want to go for with with a new construction project to bring a new team in what's the vibe is is the is the general are we, who, question are you gonna call on someone or let's start with ray again i was kind of just hoping the same same order would would go about so gambling is hot right now in sports mm -hmm. yes you know, uh sports gambling is uh it's legal nationwide now in terms of like state by state basis uh gambling is huge especially in las vegas but it's, so now uh major uh you know the mlb itself including the NFL, NHL, NBA, they're all 
They have uh, deals with sportsbooks, many including MGM, which is right here in Las Vegas. So you have you can integrate that, especially here in Vegas. You already have a baseball stadium, um, the Las Vegas. Um, I actually don't know what they're called. That the Las Vegas Fifty Ones, previous Las Vegas Fifty Ones. Yeah, right. Aviators. The Aces are the WNBA team. Uh, Las Vegas Aviators. So you have a predetermined stadium. We could expand that. There's plenty of other space around the Strip or around the Vegas area you can create. But it, basically, you were taking, you know, gambling is hot right now in sports, and you have a very hot market in terms of an expanding sports market in Las Vegas, and you can combine that in a baseball game, which is a sport that is prime for live gambling with, you know, you can call it the slow pace of play, but there's a lot of dead time to fill with gambling odds, prop bets and everything. So it's, it's um, a very entertainment based in stadium experience with all that. Uh, and just really play into that market. Cause Vegas, it's, it's a great local fan base, but also you're gonna have a lot of travelers, um, a lot of tourists just in Vegas in general. So you're going to have a lot of people just come in and check out a baseball game who might not be rooting for either team. They just might be there. So integrate the experience for anybody who might be there while also having a, a great local fan base who is involved in multiple teams and not just um, having to develop one for, for one team. I, I like that answer. That's a very creative answer. And I, I can definitely see see a roadmap there to a, a lot more avenues to making money too all right rudy I, I, it seems like you're uh you're dedicated to keeping keeping my team in oakland which i would love but yes it doesn't seem like you have many ideas about that so if i'm just gonna go ahead and assume that you're trying to sell me on a couple a couple of these expansion teams go ahead and go ahead and tell me what the what the stadium experience that you're going for yes. is in in one of these these new towns like how do you envision a yes. night out at a nashville or raleigh baseball game yes or both perhaps you at, might in the same night easy. that might be tough but you know it, so raleigh is the number one you know richest metro area in the continental the u.s without an mlb team within 100 miles um so it's a very educated area it's in the research triangle which is where duke university UNC, et cetera, top institutes of the world are located. So, you know, this is a vibe of, you know, highly educated, uh, high income people. And so what they want is I would probably replicate something similar to perhaps, you know, what the Padres do in the Gaslight District. We have kind of a hotty toddy metropolitan, you know, got your crafts beers. Sorry, Farbo, we can have craft beers too, you know. And you have a uh, number one, number one, ruts, you know, that rustic, subjective artisanal food experience in Raleigh for, you know, the college students are going to enjoy that uh, as they drive into town. Their parents are going to enjoy it. The professors are going to enjoy it. And, you know, all the startup businesses in the area are going to enjoy it. And so, you know, what better place to make your sales pitch for your dream entrepreneurial college project than at, you know, a Raleigh baseball game? So just moving from there, you know, Nashville, it's going to be a great time. So if that's more your thing, you know, Nashville, first of all, before we get to the great time, this is a city rooted in Negro Leagues baseball. So there's a great 
history and love for the game just like raleigh has the durham bowls right next to it so both these places are real baseball areas of the country but we also have you know a leadership team in nashville that you know has dustin timberlake darius rucker luke combs you know every country music star after that that you could ever desire wants to be a part of this franchise so you're gonna get a great musical performance at every single game and i think that's a great deal plus nashville is the number one bachelorette city of america so they know how to party. I like it. That's that's using the. I'll say once again, Rudy for fails to mention the thing that is actually in Raleigh, which is NC State as part of that North Carolina triangle. <laughs> Go Wolfpack. <laughs> hey, you know what? I I I've got the picture. You're using the the prime features of of these. The first things that come to mind in in selling me on this i i i'm liking it you know i can see it especially a nashville stadium bumping with with country music and barbecue going on the the whole the oh whole they day. still play the oakland a's don't forget <laughs> that part it's it still confuses me greatly and they can wear a gap you know if they have to want to wear gap clothing while they do it that'll work yes too. go shop at no the gap or or the baby gap if you have kids right yeah um exactly Pretty, pretty decent pitch. Seems to have Yeezy line, so it's for all the cool kids. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely on board with those places as, as uh, good prospects, but I have a feeling that, uh, that Farbode has, I'm, I'm scared. Am I gonna get like a twelve-page report on? I don't have this on the PowerPoint <laughs> to you right now. Yeah, where the where those uh you said you had renderings? He's got the, you got those ready, right? We'll yeah, throw those up for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um Well, do I have to do it one? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I thought you were time. kidding. <laughs> I thought you were kidding. Okay. Uh um, no, but yeah, tell me tell me what the uh the Portland baseball experience from from start to finish will, would kind of look like up there. Well, I, I know I mentioned it before, but this is really important to the fans, to the people of Portland. Um, it's a connected connected community, and this area that they want to bring this ballpark back um, has had baseball baseball ties for the last century and beyond. Um, there's also a little carousel right next door. Um, it's called the Jansen Beach Carousel that actually was um, manufactured in 1921 and was put at uh, Venice Beach, moved to Oregon in 1928, and taken down in, in 2008. And um, this part of the Portland Diamond Project's re renderings also offer this gigantic carousel to be revitalized, reborn, um, right outside of the stadium. And for people who don't give a crap about carousels, this is important to the city of Portland. This is important to this area um, and the people that reside there. Um, other than that, the fans are the number one thing, and Portland actually offers a pretty unique and um, not necessarily used before uh, type of stadium. We have um, obviously all stadiums have the have multi use and multi use like functionality. You can have concerts, you can have uh, like just events, whatever you want there. Portland has a whole uh, our renderings right now have give us a 
event space right outside of the stadium, right inside the stadium. The center field um, area is just a whole party section, essentially, um, with tables, chairs, drinks, people walking around. Um, it's very walkable, bikeable. We're on the waterfront. Um, and like I said, Portland fans are diehard fans. And um, if you know anything about the Timbers and their their fan base, if you know anything about the, uh, the Trailblazers and how loyal these fan bases have been through the ups and the downs, um, Portland fans will be out there supporting um, the Portland uh, Portland Athletics through thick and thin. Um, and, I mean, we are on the waterfront. Like, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful area to be. And we're, yeah, I, I had something else, but I forgot it. You know, I but, I think that's I think that's pretty good. You you gave a lot of it in the in the first bit that you discussed too. You know who doesn't who doesn't love the waterfront stadium, right? And if you know, in just in my head to to make this more more concise and and condensed down, Vegas, you got the potential for integrated gambling or sports books in real time at the stadium. Love that. Rudy's ideas, you got you got some uh some a bougie approach to uh to baseball there and maybe some uh some good old Nashville yeah, country also, vibes. So it's the gasoline quarter, not the gaslight quarter. Yeah, no yeah, they're not they're not gaslighting people down in San Diego, but um <laughs> The gas lamp district is pretty nice. I, I I I can't understand that, and um and in Portland they got a big carousel, and and a nice stadium <laughs> to boot. But the carousel, that's that's gonna be tough to beat. So do I have to make a decision now? Is that is that what's going on here? I am I deciding right now, where uh where I need to move my team. Do, do I have do I have any time to think, or do you, you need do you need this do you need this response now? We need this as response. Well, Rudy doesn't need it. Rudy doesn't want to move my team. But I still need a response though. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of, got a lot Wait, of interesting are, are you parties. discussing with the Rudy, are you gonna discuss with the Rays after this if they don't yeah, respond he's, to you? He's got another meeting to get to. <laughs> uh, no, I'm keeping the Rays. I'm adding two two teams. Oh yeah. He's he, Oh, but, I but forgot you can still add those two new teams and have the race still split time between Montreal and Tampa Bay. I, I welcome uh, the chaos that that would produce. Oh Rudy, Rudy, you have Justin Timberlake. We have Russell Wilson and his wife as uh, chief investors in the Portland Diamond Project and mm. getting this project going. Um, mm, and Darwin Barney. Darwin Barney. Darwin Barney? Is that, yeah. is that Cubs legend Darwin Barney? Yeah, Darwin Barney. Oh, no way. Dodgers legend Darwin Barney? Oh, it's the same guy. We had Tony La Russa. I don't know if he's still part of the advisory board. All right. All right. Before before we get into the... Hall of Famer, brother. (laughs) You you guys are trying to make your last second sells on... MLB expert on extra innings rules, Tony La Russa. On where to go here. I'm trying to, uh, you know... Are you stalling? I mean, we could I'm talk still, no, 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 please don't. Okay, um, you know what? You know what might might help me is if, if you tweet it at us or, or let us know on Instagram. No? Is, oh, he's stalling. No. Is this, is, this not, is this not a reasonable way to stall? Let it, where, where would you move? Where do you want the A's to end up? 
at beat the shift bp it, do you want him to stay in oakland i think a lot of people do but at this point it looks pretty darn likely that if oakland's not willing to, to play oakland. ball with the real life proposals that's why we're making up our own and and trying to expedite the process here um if it were up to me i say move him to portland they are a starved city like farbode said with a lot of very hardcore sports fandom the proximity to the the current team i think is reasonable enough to where you can retain a lot of oakland fans even the ones that might be disappointed that they can't enjoy a day out to the coliseum but i think just in general like it would be a great atmosphere for baseball and it's not to say vegas wouldn't be and you know the the raiders did it already but i think it matches a little bit more with the the current A's makeup, like you said, they're they're loud, they're rowdy, they're kind of cheap and scrappy, maybe not by by design, but um you know, maybe that's not the way they want to be, but it, it kind of it kind of matches the the aesthetic a little bit more with the A's. So there you have it. I decided, but obviously it Ooh. means nothing. Who knows what's actually gonna happen. Rudy had actually said to move the A's to Nashville or Raleigh. <laughs> what if i said yes to rudy and i was like yes both i'll take i'll take them both i mean raleigh's definitely more starved as a sports city than portland it has only one professional sports team instead of two that's so. that's true it'd be a long move though you know i know you had your fancy proposal with the new division alignments and all that but um, i think it's it, you know minus points for rudy too for not sticking to the prompt he, he tried to get creative and kind of kind of tripped over his feet there if you ask me but hey you guys you guys did all did a pretty good job y'all did a pretty Rudy. good job forbode might have edged it out but you guys had some very compelling cases and i i see a world with baseball teams in all all these places i've i might have had the advantage of having been to my city frequently maybe. beforehand and maybe designing but... this game with ui so it sounds like collusion <laughs> I didn't oh, know about I, I didn't know about the carousel though before. You know that That's that was the deal with the yeah yeah. I want to shout out the Portland Diamond Project for actually doing only. all of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Farboat's yeah. proposal is a real one, by the way. In case anybody didn't get that, he didn't come up with all of that himself. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that's a real thing. In for yeah, those in two thousand three, Portland was in the running for the relocation of the Expos, and the city actually grant uh, Oregon passed legislation that granted the city one hundred fifty million dollar bond to go through with the project, but they ended up choosing um, to move to DC. That was really cheap for a stadium, if I'm being honest. It's, it's a long time ago. I don't know. It's a long time ago. We we give forebode the victory for just plagiarizing that's the lesson <laughs> i'm still a college student what do you think yes rudy your okay. proposal hurt my brain and <laughs> and raise raise was pretty good some, too but again some just people kinda... just don't you know understand true art so i i i can't contend with Herbode's uh beer thing because vegas beer sucks but like <laughs> i don't call probably number one in quantity he didn't say anything uh, about volume, volume of beer. All, you can have all the volume you want. If it's not good beer, it's not good beer. This is a totally different podcast that this should Let's be brought do up. Let's other podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 please. Uh, we still have a lot of baseball that we were meaning to talk about today. So why don't we get to a little bit of that? We should, uh, we should move on to... I still demand a recount. 
No. All right. So which which record here that I'm about to say both is, I mean they're both pretty equally ridiculous, but which one is more? I don't know which one of these just catches your eye way more. I don't know if that's just me, but Corbin Burns with the Brewers. I don't know if you've been paying attention to what he's been doing. Went to start the season on a 58 strikeout to zero walk run. So that's 58 before walking his first batter, which he did in his last start, unfortunately. It was another great start. It was his only walk of the outing. And he's been lights out the entire season. And that's by far a record among any pitcher, relievers included. I believe the the pitcher he passed was Kenley Jansen with 52. And then the next most by a starter was Adam Wainwright with 35. So just shattered that. To start to start a season, and I believe it also it was also the record for strikeouts consecutive strikeouts without walking a batter ever, like not just to start a season, just at any for any stretch of time. That that was that previously was a starter in Kurt Schilling. Yes, but Garrett Cole just broke it days later. It was today, in fact. And he went 61 strikeouts, not to start the year, but 61 strikeouts since his last walk. And he also walked a batter, so that that streak's over. Both these streaks have come to a close. So 58 and 61, respectively. Cole has the record for most strikeouts without walking batter. But that is insanely hard to do. Both of them really, really eye-catching. Like, I I don't know how anybody's going to be doing that again. It's amazing that they kind of did it in conjunction with each other. But, you know, I need to ask, because these are two very different names. One of them is Garrett Cole, who's been, you know, one of the best starters in baseball and pretty definitively the best starter not named Jacob DeGrom in the last few years. And the other one is Corbin Burns, who two years ago struggled so much as a starter that he was teetering between there and the bullpen. And then all of a sudden last year comes out and starts firing bullets. And you're like, okay, this is, this is some, some interesting stuff. And he only got better from last year to this year. So I guess I'll ask each of you, like which one of these records is more impressive. We're just taking in ev- into account everything like the, I mean, obviously three more strikeouts is going to be three strikeouts more impressive, but just considering their backgrounds, like the context of how all of this went down, like, I don't know which one catches your eye more, Ray. I I I think to start a season is really incredible to you know because you come in fresh, come in new, and to not allow a walk in the first month and a half of the season, especially as as a starter, is 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 incredible. And you mentioned the previous record by a starter of Wainwright with thirty five. Um, I mean that's crazy because anybody can have a torrid stretch. It ha- it happens that Cole happened to be from almost right after opening day to mm-hmm. to now, but for Corbin Burns, you know we all knew he was getting. I mean he snuck in at ninety nine on our absolutely definitive top one hundred list. He did because he, he did technically make stuff. He did technically. Make <laughs> so he's good, and we were just worried that he had some legitimate blow-ups in the past couple of year, couple seasons. But 
I mean, that's the stuff plays and you know, to start to because you know when you get a walk out of the way, just in any the start or even to but to start a season and not allow a free pass at all until, you know, middle of May is, is absolutely incredible. Just the mental I guess fortitude to not think about that and just keep plugging along and and um that's something that you definitely think about. It's like, well, I haven't walked anybody, especially when you see all the headlines about the records and everything. It's like, oh, I haven't walked anybody this year at all after having not, you know, not pitched uh, mm-hmm. actual games since uh, September. Yeah, it's it's crazy the, the kind of pressure that you have that's added on when you're like, you got this streak going. It's, it's uh, I, I know these guys are just going out there doing their thing, but it's like every every at bat is nerve wracking when something like that's happening. You're like any three ball count, and you're like on the edge of your seat, and it, it adds a lot. Uh, I'll, for Bode, real quick, what between these two, like does does one stand out as more impressive or more noteworthy to you? Oh, pitching is art. This is just beautiful pitching. I, I love it. I I, I don't We're care. Here for, I, you're I think, here for all I of think, it. Yeah, I think Ray Ray is correct that. Uh, it's really crazy just seeing like to start the year and mm-hmm. anyone can get on a hot streak in the middle of the year or whatever, but to start the year, that's pretty crazy. And also to think about how you could have a bad umpire. You could have an umpire that's not calling like the outside pitch as, as um, consistently or the inside pitch and all of a sudden you have a couple pitches that you think are strikes that you you could easily throw a um four pitch walk that's pretty like competitive close to strike pitches that it's not necessarily your command that's letting you down it's just damn they were just maybe a baseball off or maybe it was a bad call by the ump to not walk someone for that long that's crazy they need to both teach shohei otani a little thing or two (laughs) um but yeah, I, I think I think is I, I love pitching. Like I said, it's it's art, and I, I'm here for both of it. Yeah, and I'll I'll slightly reframe the question for you, Rudy, just just a little bit. I I don't know if I'm throwing you a curveball here, but I just wanted to add too, just the whole part with Corbin Burns and what he's been able to do, is that yes, he was really really good last year and opened a lot of eyes. In this year, he's doing it very differently in terms of his pitch mix he started throwing a cutter more last year contributed a lot to his success and then this year said you know what this is my best pitch this is my primary pitch i'm gonna throw it as my primary pitch as all but ditched the four seam fastball and reduced his sinker usage which he used to throw as much as the cutter to just 10 percent his sinker he only throws 10 percent of the time now and his cutter he uses 55 percent of the time but it's unhittable and he's and he's he's pounding the zone with it clearly he's not walking batters and they still can't hit it even though he's throwing it right in the zone 36.7 percent whiff rate on that pitch in a 155 expected batting average the actual batting average against is also under 200 but the expected batting average even better so nobody's barreling it up nobody's actually making good contact against it and that's his primary pitch imagine if you know, imagine other elite pitchers who have that much success with the pitch they throw more than 50% of the time. You just don't see it. So just because of that, it doesn't even seem fluky 
that he did this. It, 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 it's not just like, oh, he, you know, he was just unconscious. Like he had everything working. Like he made a conscious change to his arsenal and this is the outcome. And now I'm wondering like, okay, is, can, can anybody figure out how to hit this cutter, which is just pure filth or is like, is the magic going to run out? I, I don't know if it is. Rudy, do you think the magic is here to stay with Corbin Burns? I wasn't sure if that was going to end up actually leading to a question. I wasn't <laughs> either. <laughs> I had I had to get that out there, and I, I need to know, because like you and I have both played a, a good amount of fantasy baseball and have followed Corbin Burns, who's consistently been one of the most interesting pitchers out there. And available just because we knew the stuff was crazy good, but he was just so volatile. Yeah. So, you know, in your eyes, like, is this is yes. this real? And I'll ask I'll ask a little bit, a little bit differently. No, uh, the to. same question, like, is he in that tier of like the Degrom, Cole, Bieber type of dominance? I mean, I don't think he's going to maintain this level of sheer dominance like it's no one is that good uh, unless there's you know a reason to be suspicious about it but over like the entire season that said I don't think it's out of the question that he's in that tier though I not to be nitpicky though to me like the Grom is still in his own tier kind of even amongst those three guys Not I know that might be okay a little in the weeds but yeah no, i totally I agree okay i don't think it's egregious to say he could be in the bieber cold tier by if he like you know keeps this up for the rest of the season uh within some more reasonable meet like margin of, of error of where he's at no i think that's 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 fair he's that good so far there's no doubt mm-hmm. yeah i think we're really gonna have to start because it is early it is early and it's really easy to be overly reactionary to everything numbers yeah, wise I one, out, one stat out yeah really quick. yeah let's hear it you had you had your stats oh, yeah, i had my fun he had an 8.8 era over 49 innings in 2019 so um that's just to say i don't think he's a 1.57 era pitcher but I, yeah, I mean i think nothing i've seen has told me that he can't be one of the top five pitchers in baseball yeah if this is if any of you guys are stats nerds or baseball nerds and want to look at more of like why is Corbin Burns so good like go to his baseball savant page if you don't know what baseball savant is it it has all the stat cast data and a lot of other really cool data and charts that they generate um, for pitchers and hitters but you can see his heat maps and his pitch usage and um, even like the the movement and the trails on, on the pitches that he's throwing. And, you know, simply put, like you bring up the 8.8 ERA. It was like that because he was throwing his forcing fastball a lot and just throwing it right over the middle of the plate. And he stopped that completely. He stopped throwing his four-seamer altogether and nobody can hit his cutter. And it, it might be that simple. It, it doesn't seem like an easy pitch to adjust to. Um, but I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on him the rest of the season too we i i had to i had to bring that up you know he had he had the streak of course but um he might just legitimately be there and 
and be there to stay. All right, let's keep going here. So Shohei Otani, we can't not talk about Shohei Otani. We've, we've made mention of him, but he just retook the MLB home run lead on a pitch at his shoulders, by the way, against the lefty. Like, what the heck is that? But even if we if we look past that, the home run race has definitely heated up over the last the last week or so. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge entering the mix, he hit four just over the weekend and was player of the week last week. He caught up in a hurry, which everybody knew he's capable of doing. But he tied it on Sunday at twelve before Otani, you know, retook the lead. Mitch Haniger too, with the Mariners coming back after a lot of missed time. And, you know, that's always really good to see for a Mariners team that is not very good offensively. Mitch Haniger is a bright spot. So last year's baseballs are back, I guess. Yeah, I guess we need we definitely need oh, to carve sure. out time to, to on, talk based about on Machado home run. I saw tonight last year's baseballs are back. We we should definitely carve out some time to talk about that in more depth, especially beyond just the few uh you know, widely visible examples because there's so much more that happens uh, that there's data on that, that can be looked at with with how the home run rates are actually trending. But, uh, you know, these are some players up here at the top of the home run leaderboards that you maybe didn't expect to see. Vlad Guerrero, of course, who we knew it would just be a matter of time. He's at 11. Acuna's up there. Like, some of them are familiar, but we're definitely getting some new some new guys up at the top and that's always fun so i just wanted to make mention of that i don't know if there's very much to go into uh, do Aaron judge's home runs actually count that much though because they they were the orioles that should be like half a home run for a yankees <laughs> player i feel like that's how the yankees fans treat it too is like you know okay you know you, you got to keep doing it against the other teams though and i'm sure yankees fans would love to see him and stanton do it at the same time at some point not right now, because Stan's injured. But uh, you know, maybe you're, they're allowed to both homer in the same day, one of these days. Like I'll, I'll be okay with that. Um, yeah. So just some other news: the Padres this past week, let you know, headlined by Fernando Tatis going on the the COVID injured list, had uh, multiple players miss time uh, with that. I don't think any of them were were symptomatic though, or like actually. No, you know, uh, Tatis is the only one who was positive. Everybody else was contact. Right yeah, now. so it was, you know, guys that go on the the aisle aren't aren't necessarily tested positive, and and in this case, even even Tatis wasn't symptomatic. So uh, there's there's positive signs there, and same with the Yankees who had a, a pretty sizable COVID positive test outbreak. I guess um, not am, am, among non-player members of their organization. And Glaber Torres through contact tracing went on the the COVID IL too, but another... no, Glaber Torres is positive. Oh, he was positive as well. Okay, he's positive for I think they say they say the second time in less than a year, and he's been vaccinated. Yeah, um, but I guess there's there's positives and negatives where it's like you know are we are we quite ready to to push forward as as aggressively as we are with the COVID stuff, um, but also we're seeing a lot of these these cases from vaccine these positive uh cases from vaccinated uh individuals who are not showing the symptoms that are obviously really problematic and the reason for the massive pandemic so uh positive takeaways and maybe some some 
eyebrow raising and, and caution to be had. Uh, did you guys have anything to add about that specifically? I, I don't have any straight up questions for, for any of you about that. It was just pretty newsworthy and wanted to, uh, I, I, I hear think what you have to that, say about it. That vaccines are work in terms of like keeping symptoms down and keeping people, keeping mm-hmm. people out of the hospital. Yeah, definitely. That That's just a good general sense. But I think it also shows like, I mean, MLB has really just sort of kicked aside the pandemic this year with the vaccination protocols. I mean, it's still out there, and you still have guys, you know, basically if you're vaccinated, you can do whatever the hell you want. And But it's still but it's still testing positive affects your team, so mm-hmm. it's, it's a very weird um, position that these guys are in of still having to be responsible. Um, but MLB telling them, you know, if you get this certain thing done, then you basically have free reign to do what you want. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. again, it's a very weird situation. I do have something to add, but I'm not going to do it on air. So just remind me after. <laughs> <laughs> I might have I might have missed this if you if you send this, but the Yankees, all the Yankees who tested positive, from what I understood, were vaccinated. To yes. To some degree. Yeah. Yeah, and, like and asymptomatic, right? Like that, that correlation, yeah, right? Like the chance of that yeah. happening or like incredibly Me. implausible so um i did see someone tweet i don't know how reputable this is but that apparently the test they had is just so sensitive that they picked they had an amount that was not had it was no symptoms and couldn't be transmissive but did show it was up more that. exposure as opposed to actually hmm. infected there okay that's a yeah okay. i thought that was just a clarification that might make the story make more sense for the yankees at least probably yeah, it, it it's definitely uh just one of those one of those footnotes. Thankfully nothing more more headline worthy for sure. Uh all right. So, you know, we're getting we're getting real close to the end here. I'm going to get to the weird stuff because I I love to end the show with the weird stuff. And, you know, at any point with with things that I'm talking about, just stop me. Give your give your feedback. I'm not going to like stop and ask you guys um what you think about all this, uh but I I know there's definitely some takes here. But first, before the before the weirdness, I just wanted to shout out to James Caprillion making his first major league start with the A's last week against the Red Sox on the road. But he has had a long, long road to get where he was. He is a hometown guy from where Farbode Rudy and I went, uh, grew up and went to high school. Uh, a little bit older than us, of course, but uh, like we knew him, we knew the name, we followed him, you know, through college and getting drafted he got drafted in 2015 that's so long ago that is that is he's so ridiculously so, long yeah ago. college kid as well that's why that's yeah why I knew he's a perfect game in high school as well i believe yeah i i remember you know all of the the buzz around him and seeing it now he was drafted by the yankees you know we followed him closely but um dealt with a lot of injuries couldn't put it together got traded to the A's in the Sonny Gray deal, actually, way back. And he really, like, he had more injuries that held him out for entire seasons and really had to battle his way back. And finally finally made it back, uh, pitched out of the pen and debuted last year with the A's. And this year got his first start, did pretty well. Five innings pitched, one earned run, four hits, six strikeouts, three walks, got the dub. But, you know, just a super emotional start for somebody coming up through that road. And um, and also, you know, in the in the post game um, made mention of how he 
centers himself during the game and he, he said he would look to the the area between the dugout on the third base side and, and home plate where where his mom would used to sit for all his games growing up uh who he lost you know way back even before he was drafted um you know unfortunately to breast cancer and you know he said that you know he still looks there and that's how he he centers himself and like how can you not like get emotional about that his dad was there in Fenway going absolutely crazy at at all the success like just just an awesome story um yeah i don't know if you had any thing else there that i that i missed or if you watched it or or experienced that at all but man that is that is like the coolest thing when you get those those kinds of heartfelt moments just really just real stuff it's one thing to and you mentioned it it's one thing to uh be happy that a guy from like your hometown who you might have played against or seen like the varsity guys on your team play against when you were um, younger but it's another thing having that but also like following his journey and knowing all the ups and downs he went through to get to where he is mm-hmm. and uh, both like in his personal life and in his baseball life that this i can't not root for him this this was um really fun fun to see and really good um heart really heartwarming too yeah keep doing it man keep doing it james all right to the weird stuff and we got some good ones this week so uh huascar you i don't know if i said that right did i i, I think it was that was pretty good it's pretty it's as close as i could get with i've never heard me. his name said so i don't know you, you don't know until you try he did the thing he he broke his hand because he was so mad that he punched a dugout well he punched the bench really he punched you know the wall or the bench of the dugout and straight up broke his hand he's gonna miss multiple months but this is something that we've we've had in in preparation yeah the solution for for some time now ray do you want to remind everybody the the very plainly obvious solution to this kind of very rage very management plainly issue. obvious solution so we're saving both guys health and water coolers <laughs> there is me and we have you know we came up with a myriad of solutions but i think the one we settled on is a designated uh like pane of like section of drywall just inside the tunnel that you can punch through because you because we thought about a punching bag but there's no satisfaction in not doing damage to anything mm-hmm. so if you can actually do damage to something and punch through drywall which is designated to be punched through and it's safe you're not gonna hit a beam you're not gonna you know break your hand or anything that will save guys uh arms from throwing gloves separating their shoulders uh it will save water coolers from you know bats and every, everything like that and save Huascar in his hand from a dugout bench so if lb had just gotten there gotten all their stuff together and had listened to me and Uwe, then one of the most exciting pitchers in baseball mainly because he could just hits tanks um would be would still be playing at this point what if uh what if there's like two pitchers or three pitchers or a hitter on the team that already take it out earlier in the game how how you, fast you, are you, they you supposed were, to put it back up i if you if you have a if if it's gone by the beginning of a game or like early in the game, I think you have bigger issues with your team. See, in in my mind, <laughs> what, what, it's... What, about, what about bubble wrap? That's satisfying. No, 
What, like popping it? Yeah, you just have a section in your bench to pop bubble wrap if you're stressing out. I like that. Very tame. It's very tame. Uh, in my head, I see it as like a significant portion of, of the dugout tunnel that's just straight up drywall, and you just don't replace it over the course of a season, and you just see the kind of damage that resides there after months of I feel like the players would just take that as fun though like like every win like one guy no or like the guy who no, like, no. the winning pitcher, only like, for punches. rage it's it, it can only be for rage come on it could start out like that but i still feel like if you do if you do something like that it would just turn into like a it team it. yeah it, it would be kind of abusive if it's every dugout, though i don't feel like it'd be a thing you know i think let them have their fun with it if they want to get creative with how they use the drywall it's better than what has happened. <laughs> yep, it's still. I think it's still a, a better solution. Uh, all right, that was a good refresher. You know that immediately seeing that we were we were all both of us were like, you know, if only they had listened. Uh, here's a real weird one. Um, I I don't, in recent memory, know anybody else who's had a stretch like this, but Yasmani Grandal, you know, notorious plate discipline fellow right here in the month of May, has a 143 batting average, a 535 on-base percentage, and a 429 slugging percentage. That's a 964 OPS, by the way. That's elite. And it's he almost had, to this point, he's had one single. He Until the 16th of May, had a zero BABIP for the month. And all his on-base was from walks. He has 20 walks this month and that includes two o for o with four walk performances one of them happened today the second one happened today but he did it also earlier this month he did it multiple times in the same streak in the same stretch of games and he has the two home runs in there which account for you know his other hits in that time he's three for 21 that's why his batting average is so terrible but man just walks all of the time and he's walking way more than he ever has in his career. He's always been a decent walker because nobody he's... walks this much in their career. Like no, ex- <laughs> no, no, except Max Muncy. Max Muncy, you know, I I don't know that he's has he walked twenty times. In he's walked more than Grandall this entire year. So in less oh than in the year days. yeah 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 in less than twenty days and in oh yeah what, like. 45 like less than 45 plate appearances has 20 <laughs> walks like come on man that's ridiculous but hey that that's that's really weird that's really cool i like that i like that a lot i want to see if how long he can keep it up for i want to see if he's pitchers make a conscious effort they're like i can't walk this guy this guy's walking against everybody like <laughs> you, you know that is there extra pressure to face the guy that just always... He's not even, like, the most dangerous hitter. He's, like, hitting in the seven hole for the White Sox, and he's just drawing tons of walks. I, I don't get it. It's really weird. All right, and the last thing I'll mention is our good friend, Zach Plezak, who is on the wrong side of two no-hitters this year already, almost had his revenge no-no. He threw one through seven innings uh, against the Mariners, too, right? The Mariners, man. I almost predicted that. You almost did. La- you know, we we did we did ask who who the likely next candidate is. He's like, watch it just be Zach Plezak. You know, his next time out, he's just mad. He's gonna go do it himself. He almost did. He almost did. He still uh, has. He still has a chance. Of the year. And he still has a chance to be the to be the next one. 
So, you know, that's where we stand there. And I, that's going to wrap it up for the weird stuff that I had to share. And that's going to wrap it up for the podcast. It was a long one, but we had a lot of fun getting into character and, and really hammering home on some of these proposals. You know, if, if you like that kind of stuff, if you want to, if you want us to do more of that, let us know, you know, we'll, we want to hear this feedback from you guys, especially if you're still listening to this point, let us know at beat the shift BP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And yeah, we'll like, we'll, we'll take your feedback or if you just want to say hi, of course that works too. Thanks Grant for the segment idea. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Shout out to Grant. And you know, this is the first one on video, first of many, hopefully. We'll, we'll see how this goes. We'll make some tweaks as need be. Uh, this is just one of the, the many changes that we have uh, on the horizon coming your way, so be on the lookout for all of that. Uh, what else do we got? BeattheShiftBaseball.com. Podcast articles, anything that we do will be there. And uh, yeah, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening if you want to hear more of this. And that'll do it for today. Thanks, everybody. One last time, as always, Farbode. Yes. You're still on camera, guys. Do something. It's in tight. I wish I could play my own outro music and just like jam to that. <laughs>